are you ready to uh, frustrate some people, make some people yeah. mad? Let's let's uh, let the fireworks fly. I guess. <laughs> there, huh? I'm gonna give a disclaimer though. These are personal opinions of Jason Doobie and Cody Hilliard because this is a really controversial topic. But you approached my wife and I about writing an article. And what was the title of that article? The The title was Papers Need Grades. Which hit me like right away. And I knew exactly what it was going to be about. But why don't you tell me like your thought behind that? So, I mean, you know, growing up here on the Western Plains of North Dakota, you know, I, we grew up running them jet line blue ticks mm-hmm. and, uh, Smoky River, cross with Smoky River and papered, papered to a T and that's all I ever knew, you know, was blue ticks and. I'm sorry. Uh, I was there too. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I, it ain't nothing wrong with them and, and. Oh, I went to college and kind of the my family kind of slowly dwindled a little bit out of out of hounds out of that blue tick line and and when I got done with college I picked back up and I wanted to start hound hunting real hard because you know I was free out of college I could do what I right. want and so I I started looking you know the the big game world was huge to me like it was it was just this this dream to me and uh so i started looking for dogs and i had it in my head that i wanted a blue tick and uh i got onto this classified site and this fell out uh out of idaho was advertising some blue tick cross dogs and you know and i really didn't know much about a about a great dog at that time and (laughs) And, uh, so I, I talked to this guy and he, he became my mentor to be truthfully honest with you. I bought, I bought a dog from him and I bought it. It's funny. The dog, I still have him. He, he's pretty old now, but the dog, uh, is a, a blue tick leopard cur walker cross dog. <laughs> I mean, Heinz 57 and a hound, but he looks like a blue tick. Oh, really? I, it's pretty dominant. I, I mean, he looked like a blue tick, and he's got a merle-colored eye, and he, he's marked up pretty neat, just a, a different look. At, you know, he's got a little bit of that leopard look to him, too. But So I I picked that dog up, and, and the the gentleman that I bought him from, he, uh, he really you took You can name him. drop him if you want. No, like, it's up to you. No, you, you bet. No, Nate Lopez out of, out of Idaho there. He, he really took me under his wing and, and showed me the ropes as far as what to do in the big game world. And I mean, the rest, the rest is kind of history with my kennel. You know, I, I, I've owned any, you know, I've owned papered plots. I've owned walkers. I've, you know, Heinz 57s went through my kennel. You know, I, 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 I don't judge anything. <coughs> Red bones, but, uh, <laughs> Don't be uh, picking on the red bone guys. No, <laughs> you can make enough one. guys mad. I like I said that one time. I ain't no Billy Coleman, and these ain't no red bones. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, I, I I've had a little bit of every breed, you know, and I I still do out in my kennel, and it 
it works for me. You know, that that's, you know, I picked the dogs that have worked for me. Does, does that mean they'll work for Jason Doobie or, or Nate Lopez or any of these other guys? No, they, it might not. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but they right. work for me. You know, that's what works for me. And, and I guess with this, with this article I wrote, you know, I, I respect all the paper guys out there. Like you guys, you competition paper, paper guys are doing an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Right. You know, I, I view it a lot more of a, of a Eastern state thing. You know, you kind of get into it a little bit in North Dakota with papers, but you get, you push down to the East and to the Southeast, you know, you see a lot more that, that coon hunter, the, the, the coon hunters associations and stuff where they're having these competitions. Hey, you guys keep doing that. We'll just keep picking the best of what we want out. And if we can cross them to something that's going to make us what we want in our eyes, a better dog please keep doing that. I mean, and kudos to you guys for that. That takes a lot of work for them, you know, and, and oh. I respect them for that. It's crazy. I mean, cause I've always looked at it and I can tell you, I've swung both sides of the spectrum. You know, I'm like you, Hey, we've been buddies long enough. I mean, you remember when we were showing dogs and yep. we had three of the top, three of the top 10 AKC blue ticks in the confirmation ring. And two of them were my two lead dogs. Now, that being said, I was really new at hunting. I'm not going to say that they were extraordinary. But, you know, like, they were proving it in the woods, and we were showing them in the ring. They, did, you know, what you, they did what you wanted them to do. Exactly. At that point in time in my life, it was really cool to be able to go to a, a show, go do some winning, and then go hit the mountain that night. I, I had to show a dog that smelled like a skunk. We sat there and Febreze that dog. We washed it. We blew dry. We did everything we could because we went hunting the night before and she trashed. But you know what? I got the biggest compliment from a judge I ever got in my life. And it was that little Paisley female. I think you remember yep. her. Yep, I do. Yep. And I was in the ring. We were showing with a couple of specials, meaning they'd already finished out, got their championships. And the judge put her up over all of them. And she says, I will tell you this. It is nice to see a dog in the ring that truly does its job. And there is no mistaking this dog was doing its job. You know, and we had a good chuckle about it. But it, like to me, that was a huge focal point. And I'll say it might not have been the right focal point because I was at that point in my life really trying to prove something. Like, I was going to prove I can do this. You can't have dual-purpose dogs. There's no excuses. It's just lack of effort. And I was very arrogant. I mean, like, it, it, that's just what it comes down to. But then as my life started shifting, it was like, okay, we need a dog that's going to do this or do that. And, I mean, I completely switched breeds to grade dogs again. Yeah. But, you know, it's not so much the dog or the papers, it's the dog and what it does for you. Like you said, if it works for you, that's the thing I think to hammer home with all these new guys. Cause the question you see it a million times on Facebook, paper dogs versus grade dogs. What should I get? Like, unless you know what you want, there's no answer to that question. Like if you can't check the boxes on a subway sandwich, they're not going to know how to make it. So well, if you I don't mean, know what you want, 
that's a that's a hundred percent. You're what you said there. Check the box. That's a hundred percent right. You know, you you got guys that might want paper registered dogs to just pleasure hunt with. You mm-hmm. know, and then then you got those paper registered dogs that want a competition hunt. You know, and then you got guys with great dogs that actually do want a competition hunt, but there's not much of a world for us to do it. So a lot of us fall back into the, you know, into the pleasure hunting and into the Mm -hmm. meat hunting like we do. And, and yeah, that, that check the box and there's just, I I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's, it is, it's what all, what you want to do. I mean, Jason Doobie's opinion isn't going to be the same as Joe Blow that's wanting to buy a hound for the first time. I mean, and it really comes down to that, you know, like I said, that mentoring factor. You know, it, it yeah. comes down to the guy that sticks you, you stick with a little bit when you're learning in the world. Right. Uh, and I won't say any of them are right, wrong, or indifferent. It's it's what it worked it's what worked for you. Those are the traits that you're picking up. You know, yeah. I, I've had you know, since, since meeting Lopez, I've had the luxury of hunting with a whole bunch of different houndsmen. I mean, from all over the the United States. I mean, I've hunted with, I've hunted hogs down in Louisiana with guys that they go catch pigs. You know, they run, they run and bay pigs with the same dogs that they'll turn loose on cows to go catch the cows out of the, out of the woods down there you know it's again it's what works for you and why you know and the question i'd ask any of these guys that are going to stare down their nose at us tonight is why is your way better than mine yeah that's that's the big question you know you tell me why your way is better than mine if i go out and i catch game the way i want to catch game and my pack is working for me i don't question how you go out and do it. I mean, obviously if you're doing some, some dirty stuff that that stuff flies around, but I, oh, I, yeah. I, would question, I would question that. But if we're both out there catching game or whatever game it is, they want to catch. I don't care if it's a hog in Louisiana or a coon in Nebraska, you know, yeah. it, if it's doing, if it's doing the thing you want it to do, more power to you and and i guess that it it does it it drives it drives me a little crazy with guys on both spectrum staring down the nose yeah on the flip side it's it's on both sides and it's like guys we we're gonna have to we're on the same side here exactly short of it we're on the same side here well think about this though there's guys on the great dog side that are pumping their fist in the air right now and it's like at the same time, if you don't give credit to the guys that have busted their butt and spent their entire lifetime making these lines of dogs, show me a grade walker dog that doesn't go back to Lipper, you know, Sackett, Hickory Nut, Harry, Chief, uh, Spring Creek Rock. I mean, like, think of all those dogs. I think, like, those are just the ones that come to my mind in big game. You know, Morisock, like, all those dogs they were really trying to pave the way going forward. Right. And that's where like the registries took off. Yeah. Like I didn't realize we were doing some research like full cry 
had a registry before UKC even did. And then UKC, really? yeah, it, I was doing some reading the other night. I got to research it more, but Danny had found some cool stuff. But, you know, like there was an importance or or it was something where that was a huge part in recognizing the the coonhound breeds. So, like, for the last how many years, these guys have been breeding with a purpose, not just making puppies or filling kennels. Like, I will say this, breeding programs behind competition and really serious big game hunters, even, you know, like these foxhounds were running. When you get into that top tier, and I don't mean to sound like anybody's above anybody, but you know what I'm talking about. I, I almost felt your nose go up in the air and look down at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, it's just, that's been a lot of work. And then it's like a stair step where we've taken some of those dogs and made our own crosses to find the things that we need. You know, a colder nose, tighter feet, a uh, smarter dog as far as like working through tracks or track style. Like all those things are traits that are carried by genetics. So like when I was thinking when we were breeding dogs, they say you breed the grandparents. I mean, that's kind of the the judge. They say like, if you want to get back to a trait, you want to breed the grandparents because within three to four breedings, those traits, if the genetics don't line up, they're gone. Like, so let's say a bark, a certain voice on a dog. Yep. I remember I showed up at Brett Williams house with Haley when I first started it was like my first first female I wanted to breed. And I showed up at his house and we were just going to meet him, introduce ourselves. We were in within like six hours of him, I think. So we just drove up and he heard her bark. He'd never even seen the dog, heard her bark in the box. And he says, that sounds like Jersey girl. Is, is she related? I said, yeah. She, and we sat down and worked through the pedigree and how it was. And it was like, man, that's the kind of stuff that, guys that take breeding really serious recognize and you got to work to keep those or locate power or tree style to sit back and tree big game dogs. I really like that because you don't have dogs falling out of trees and breaking their neck, but all of that is tracked back through their lineage. So like your jet dogs that you used to run, right? Like there was a definite line. Yep. That, that jet smoky river stuff. And I, you know, and I, I still got the papers of that pup laying around somewhere and I'd right. love, I'd absolutely love to find them and just, and go through. Them I want to see him. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I do. And I want to see him. And, and he, he did pay attention to his breeding at that time on, on that line. Oh, of yeah. And, and that there, that, that stuff does interest me. So, I mean, what these guys with the papers are doing, I think it's really neat and it's really handy because you can, like you said, you see those traits, you see, you know, you see what you want. It's like, you can, it's like you're baking a pie almost. Right. Right. You know, you can go down and you can pick the ingredients as you want for that pie, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever your cook, your gumbo or what, you know, with us grade guys, it's gumbo, you know, (laughs) I want a little bit of this and we'll throw it in the pot and I want a little bit of this and we'll throw it in the pot and I want a little bit of this and I'll throw it in the pot. And you know what? That dog's, I I threw what I I threw the right mixture of what I want. It tastes good to me. You know, Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's what I was looking for. Whether, you know, like I said, that dog that I have is, that he's leopard cur blue tick walker you know and and 
What do you like about him? Lopez might not like him, but I like him. I mean, (laughs) I mean, what do you like about him? He's, he's got a voice. He's, he's got a voice that you could tell from anywhere. He's, he was, he's old now. He was super fast. I mean, super fast dog. And since he was young, he never was a liar. He, he, he never was a liar. He's, He's a bang up coon hound, and I mean, truthfully, he does most of my when when I do go out and catch cats, he's right right in the front punch with it, you know. He, I mean, a cork to him, he, which I'm sure some a lot of guys that run big game will see in some of their better dogs. If they get beat to the track or beat on the track, some of them might not want to play the game, you right? Know? You know, and I don't care what any of the, I'd get rid of that dog. No, you wouldn't. You know, you just deal with the, you deal with the (laughs) The old dog stuff. You know, you deal with the BS and, and yeah, he, that he, he's been since he's gotten older. And the main thing I do run is still coon and I pack hunt coon. I take my puppies out with him all the time Mm -hmm. and they can go and diddle around and, He'll go do his thing, but I know when he opens, he's on a coon. Yeah. 100%. But I mean, anymore. And I, I didn't, like I said, I even from when I, a young age with him, coon hunting, I never had a problem with him really trashing. Really? I, I, Isn't it funny I, how some dogs are like that? Not very he, many. <laughs> he's, been, he's been a good dog in that sense. He really has. And, and it's funny is... His dad, I actually ended up with his dad and looked like a yellow lab with a blaze on its chest. Oh, really? Al was his name. Yeah, he looked, and his mom was a, his mom, his mom was a, Lopez might tell me I'm an idiot, but I think she was Smoky River. I think she was a Smoky River blue tick. And yeah, she did, he, I don't know. He, uh, Lopez had one and then, uh, he had kept, he kept his sister out of it. I, I think I've got one of the last dogs out of that line still what it was. And I, I don't know if they were two or three years old. He had caught a bear and the wolves come through and killed, killed dog. And yeah, it was enough. a miserable thing. But I don't think he had too big of a problem with her. So, and hell doobie. I've got a plot Patterdale Terrier in my kennel. That is a <laughs> absolute. I can't even tell you he's in my kennel. He's an absolute terror terrorist. Wasn't he I mean, the one that like kept climbing out in the snowstorm and? Yeah, yeah. Well, he, no, he didn't even climb out. No, he'd walk in. He'd walk oh. in on females in heat. Oh, that was it. <laughs> yeah, we ended up we ended up with a bad snowstorm here, and he just walked over the top of the kennel and thought life was wonderful there for a while looking for love in all the wrong places and he found it he found it he found it <laughs> but, you know anybody that anybody that sees me on facebook or instagram or something like that he's my house dog and and a lot of people see that little dog and they're like and he's not he's just a small hound but he, he he's a funny looking dog and he is a terrorist on oh yeah on baron coon i mean nobody nobody'd see him that way as as far as running baron he's he's wicked fast he's 
but yeah, plot Patterdale Terrier. The dad was a plot that was a monster, and the mother was a <laughs> small Patterdale Terrier. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how this worked, but you know, I'll, I'll take one because we were. And He's got no standards, people. <laughs> yeah, and what? Yeah, and I threw him in the mix, and I, his name's Crockett, and I was, I was a pinch away from calling him Hammer. Hammer. Just, turn hammer loose and uh, just a pinch <laughs> away from from naming him that and no we we i had a little boy named boone and we got that dog right around the time he was born so we named the dog crockett so that's like, awesome we, we call my son's dog boone and crockett but yeah he's i show up to a field trial up here and people look at me like what the hell is that thing right this that's what people said when i got like triggered because he was God, what is he? He's beagle, he's beagle, whippet, and uh, a pit bull terrier. That whippet, what is that? Like, is in general or what? Yeah. Mine. It's just a sight hound. Okay. So the plan was like the guy that made the cross. I don't know if I should say his name or not, but like you know who you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> he crossed. It was a full blooded whippet onto a halfer um or no he he crossed the beagle it was a full-blooded beagle onto a whippet pitbull terrier cross and he came out i mean he's probably 35 pounds looks like super racy he looks like santa's little helper from the simpsons kind of we call him lucky (laughs) 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 but you know like the the plan was they're gonna make coyote dogs and and rabbit dogs and and, you know i had some fun chasing rabbits around the desert with them you know and he would trail but he wasn't real good he didn't have a very good nose but he would do it a little bit but like in my mind i thought this is gonna be an awesome varmint dog you know he can see it like in the site he's gonna take over and he's gonna run all out He's going to be a gritty dog. He's going to have, you know, what he needs. No. He, so, he did all right, but not, didn't excel in, in many places, you know. He didn't get the grit. He didn't. But he, he'd always run a track, which was fun. It's just we started out running him because of his size. See, you should have got him treeing. I tried, dude. I wanted that dog to be my field trial dog so bad just because. <laughs> I mean, we tried getting him to tree. How for big years. was? How big is it? Dude, he's it? only like 30, 35 pounds. He's a little guy. <laughs> so he's about like that that plot Patterdale Terrier. He's about he's right around forty pounds. So like old. short races, he was fine. But you get into them long ones that you need a gas tank for. I mean, that's where he got the sight down lungs yeah. kind of deal. I don't. He just See, couldn't and, keep up. Yeah, I don't have that problem with him. You know, just with that crocket dog with that littler terrier he got Mm. he's yeah but like the great dog thing like this if if you're thinking about a direction you want to go then then you got to go back and find it somewhere else and that's where i personally think going back to a paper dog makes a lot of sense if you can find someone willing to to breed yep because it's simplifying like you you don't have as many variables you're not taking 10 million variables and throwing them together you can look at a line of dogs especially with facebook now i mean think about it you got facebook instagram like yeah. you get to know these guys dogs without even seeing them like that, the networking is out there now it, and that's nice right oh yeah like that frogger dog 
you know, all these lone pine walker dogs that I'm seeing, you know, they, they jump out to me because I'm like, dang, something like that crossed on to some of these Heinz 57s, you know, the mutts, the, yep. the utility yep. dogs. Gosh, man, like if you could get that voice or you could get that tree style or you could get, you know, that confirmation, the build that it's just simpler. And these guys have done their homework for so long. We all need to be tipping our hats. They're doing oh, a great job putting their best foot forward and representing us as houndsmen. We're hunting for trucks. You're hunting for a hundred thousand dollars. Like anybody can turn their nose up at it all they want. But I will tell you personally, mad respect to those guys that are putting that foot forward. And now like the elite handler series, Josh just announced there's like, there's a lot going on in that world and uh, we need to recognize that and, and value the hard work that they're putting in. I, that's just my two cents. I know that's why well, I've I, got this Walker dog I, sitting outside. <laughs> I, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, without those guys, we wouldn't, you know, we, we need all of them, you know, great, mm -hmm. you know, papers need grade. We need all of them, you know, because yeah, they have a strong feeling down there, but you know, you start to get out of that competition world over here and it, it comes down to, yeah, there is, yeah, there are paper dogs over here. I ain't going to take that away. There are paper big game hounds, but I mean, there's a lot more grade dog, big game hounds out there than there are paper, you know, and yeah. And, and you got you got associate you know and you got associations doing an amazing job of organizing right. to keep not necessarily just the paper just the grade dogs but the paper dogs and keep them all together and, and draw members because it's power in numbers you sure. know and, and I know there's a lot of I know there's a lot of paper hunters out there I know there's a lot of those guys and I and I think it's great and I mean it's just we need to keep our power in numbers together because mm -hmm. there are a lot of us. And I, and I do think that this social media, it, it, it does help network us, bring us together, but it does damage us because I mean, you know, there's a, there's people in every, in every form of hunting that, you know, my way or the highway and that's it. And that's fine. Right. You guys go ahead and be that way. Just don't cast a shade. You know whether it's a grade hunter or a paper hunter, we you, you don't we don't need the shade. You know oh, that's what we were. I mean, I, we're joking about some of this, but I mean that is the point of this whole conversation is that we wouldn't have the tools to work with if somebody didn't forge them. And, and when yeah. it came down to it, like that is where it all started. So you can't turn your nose up to it if you're kicking a dog loose in the woods because at some point in its lineage, you know that's what it goes back to. And, and I'm not, and I'm not, I am not targeting, I'm not looking at paper dog guys because Cody I mean, doesn't I, want hate mail. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I don't care. Hate on me all you want, but I mean, I'm not just targeting them because there's enough of us great guy, dog guys out there. And I am not one of them that will look down their nose at the paper dog guys. I mean, which blows my mind too. I, I've, I've never, I, I want, I don't care how you how you hunt your dogs if it works for you i've said it again and again on this if it works for you i'm happy don't mm -hmm. judge me how i do mine yeah you know don't judge anybody how if if you can offer help to a new hunter to a new houndsman because this ain't this isn't an easy game to get into no. it's not easy i mean there ain't nothing like this in the world 
Nope. You know, as far as dog hunting goes, there's nothing like this. You have to, it's you and the trust for them dogs. And if you can trust those dogs and that's how you, you know, and they work for you and that trust works for you, that is success. That is Bingo. a win. That, that, that is a win. And and more power to you. Paper Use your own measuring stick. You, yep. you know, and I would advise you, if at all possible, find somebody that knows what a measuring stick is to bounce things off of. Because when you're new, sometimes you you don't have a measuring stick. You don't know. You haven't seen the epitome of a hound yet. You know, that's what I remember when my eyes were open to like a truly outstanding dog. Yep. And I had hunted with him for years before I noticed it. But then when I finally got myself to a point where I'm like realizing, man, that is, that is a fine specimen of a dog that you don't see every day. You know, and that a bunch of these guys are going to listen on here and go, God, that guy's not very old at all. What does he know? You know, when I first started running dogs or when I was running dogs with my family and yeah, when I was first running them, I was I was a little boy, and we didn't have GPS. We didn't have uh, a beeper. Uh, Said bells or something. We didn't have anything. All we did was listen to the bark. You know, right. we listened to the bark, and and I can tell you what, I was in a lot better shape then than I am now. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Garmin. Let me take but, this four hundred yard skid road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Garmin. It'll save my me a hundred feet of walking. Yeah, my pickup was in better shape too, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, we listened to the sound of the dog, and that's what we we went to. You know, a dog that made noise had a night. You know, that voice, like you said there, and mm-hmm. that that's how I was brought up. And then as I as I slowly grew up, and and like towns more and more my my focus shifted yeah I, I'll, I'll always hunt coon i mean that's that's what we have here but i'm gonna make I, it out there one of these years too yeah you'll have like to. that is it, gonna happen you'll have to you'll have to that'll uh it's an eye-opener out here it, it, you got you some know, monsters we got some different we, we got we got some coon out here that's for sure different what's a big coon like size the, biggest, wise. the biggest I know of. Yeah, like the biggest one you've weighed. The biggest one I've weighed is fifty-two pounds. I knew that already. It was a loaded question. Thing was huge. Yeah, the, big, yeah, the biggest one I wait. The biggest. That's a one, bear, dude. Little bear cub. Yeah, the biggest one. I know my uncle. They, they. He's actually got it mounted. It's kind of funny. It was it was somewhere over seventy pounds, and what they mounted it it's mounted on a log like it's kind of walking down a log and the regular coon you know this was in the 80s 80s early 90s the regular coon form for it 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 looks rough because the coon form couldn't fill it so they took the skin and like squished it together like like folding it would be kind of the word but not not necessarily folding it just kind of slinkied it together i guess if that makes sense you know made right. holes all in one so it fit the form so it looks like a big old pot-bellied cat you know one of them cats <laughs> with a big old, one of them house cats with a big old pouch on it how so much that, did it weigh yeah it was something over 70 pounds like that's and, legit or that's like a 
that's that that's legit as far as the Hilliard uncles wanted to tell me. <laughs> that's what I'm but, thinking. But I, I can I can get a picture of the coon to prove to you guys that this thing weighed like that what they said. You know. That's insane. Then I'll tell you my family is not that that side of the family is not big drinkers, so <laughs> <laughs> there that wasn't just a the drunken cabinite story that we're going to say that thing weighs at. So it was somewhere in there. But yeah, my biggest coon that I'd ever weighed was 52 pounds. That's so crazy. So that, and that's a. They're eating a bunch of that cornfield out there. They got four wheel drive and they got thumbs. I wouldn't want to tussle with them. You got to come up here. It's a. It is a different. It's a different style running. You know, nobody's really. I mean, we do have competition. You know, there is the North Dakota Coon Hunters Association up here, and they do a little little bit of competition coon hunting. But, it, you know, it's a, it's different stuff out here out on the prairie. Yeah. So it's, is it a lot of cornfields that you're hunting with them? Uh, cattail sloughs. Yeah, a lot of water. You know, little water holes and stuff like that, cattail sloughs. There's cornfields out here too, you know, soybeans, cornfields, stuff like that. So that, that you know, it's, and I mean, I live up by the Turtle Mountains, so I've got, I've got, I guess, for, national forest running up there, forest, run, forest running up there, which, you know, that's got acorns and sloughs and stuff like that up there. So we got we got we got good hunting for coon up here you know those are the same dogs you're hunting big game with right when you travel to idaho yep yep Uh, they are yeah most of them anyways i uh yeah like that old man i won't really bring him anymore just because he's right he just old. he's about to turn into a house dog and he earned it you know as far as i'm concerned he earned it so like I said, he worked for me. Right. On what You're I need. You're feeding it. Yep. Yep. I, uh, it's, it's been a fun ride for me in the hound world as far as just the, the different styles and stuff like that. And, and I mean, I encourage these guys that are only, you know, hunting, hunting one way or, you know, looking down their way get out there and try the other way so you can get a taste of what that world's like you know there's there's many different hound you know hound worlds out there oh yeah you know you talk about the swamps of georgia and stuff like that and louisiana you know texas north dakota wisconsin you know it's all different worlds you know it's all how they say it's all different strokes for different folks is that is that kind of the yeah the same, you know? So, I mean, but that's part of my favorite thing about like W we travel to the Wisconsin bear hunters association every year. Yeah. And that's like a group of guys. We did Michigan. Um, we did Eastern Idaho, IHA, CHC, Utah. Like, you know, we get to bounce around to different ones at different times and getting to go to autumn Oaks. I've been a couple of times, you know, hoping to get to grand American, you know, and do some of these because, like when you hear the reports back, like, oh yeah, there was a ton of people there. It was up. It seemed like there was a lot more energy from people just attending it, you know, and that's good for all of us. So encourage, like go hit the field trials, go hit the shows, go hit, you know, whatever, because those guys that are out there doing it are supporting us more than we want to even give it or thought. 
yeah i mean and that and that's and that's the thing is you know it's we get into our own little world and there's a world outside of that world as far as all this competition and all of us other hound, all, all these other hounds been out there i mean if you think about it we aren't as as small as people want to make us uh, we're not as small of a group of people or a group of hunters as people want us to make us sound like or seem like we're everywhere there yeah. are hound hunters everywhere everywhere and i mean and people probably turn their head if they all stood up at the same time mm-hmm. and supported that one cause of hound hunting if you could organize organize that it, you you'd turn heads Oh, for sure. Absolutely turn heads. And I think the majority of people's outlook is like, we're talking, you know, we are in this together. And I would say like anybody who's interested in looking into some of these like lines of dogs, great or papered, whatever. Like, I feel like there is a stigma to some of the, the competition dogs that came about, you know, from the years, let's say years past. Most of these guys don't be afraid to reach out to them. Like they're happy to talk and you know, they know that we're making dogs for our own needs. I think, um, don't think that they're like somebody that won't even return a message or whatever. Like if you find a dog out there, get a hold of those people, ask them about the line. No different than if I were to call up Lopez, like I'm going to ask him the same questions as I'm going to ask, you know, anybody else. And do your research. Just don't let there be a barrier. And I think that there's been kind of an, this underlying barrier that people don't want to cross. But don't be afraid to do it. If you're looking for something, you got to look past your backyard sometimes. And sometimes that's across the country. I mean, we shipped in a bitch from Robbie and Lisa Brooks to breed on to Henry. And that was a Cameron, Uchman, and Mad Dog cross. Uh you know, because I like that line of dogs. I loved their feet. I got to see Sid at like, you know, 11 years old. And I'm like, that dog has the tightest feet I've ever seen on a hound. And I, I wanted to bring it into our breeding program. And they were some of the nicest people between them and the Downings. Nicest people I have probably ever bumped into. And just like they would spill everything about their dogs. We'd talk dogs for hours. And it's like. I just want to encourage people. Don't be afraid to cross that barrier because sometimes you need to here. here you guys, these, pe- these people listening out there here, he's talking about crossing barriers. I bet you Doobie can't even answer this question. Tell me some big, <laughs> tell me some big name English dogs out there. Doobie, huh? Don't hit me with <laughs> names, man. Like we had swamp rooster bred female. That was really good. That Loretta dog. Yep. Before she got killed by wolf. But, you know, the Oni bread, um, I'm not a big English guy, but I will tell you, we've had two of them. Um, God, what was Conway off of? I'm trying to remember. I brought him home from Autumn Oaks. Like, I was going to bring me a puppy home from Autumn Oaks, and it was going to be an English dog because I really liked our first one. Yep. But no, don't. Why would you do that to me, man? <laughs> I, I had to break that barrier, buddy. You know, hey, when you guys hear this, after you hear this, all you English guys better hit Doobie up. Yeah, hammer me up. Yeah. Tony Powers is going to be on the phone there. tomorrow. <laughs> Tell who you are out there. No red bone guys, just English guys. But I mean, I'm just <sighs> <laughs> My kids just got done listening because they can rent uh, 
where the red fern grows on audiobook. So they've rented it from the library. They've been going through it. Like that. What's Redbone? Best dog in that book was that blue tick that angry kids owned. (laughs) They said, uh, "Dad, what's a Redbone?" And I said, "Well, that's not something you see a whole lot of out here, buddy. I don't. We're gonna have to go back east, I think, for you to see one." There ain't nothing wrong with the Redbone. They're good dogs too. I mean, they ain't they ain't nothing wrong with any of them. I mean, that's the thing. We gotta take a little constructive criticism. You know, don't don't just jump down people's throats. I ain't got a problem with any breed of dog, not one. I told Danny someday when I I hit the big Chihuahua, I have a little bit of a problem with them. But I mean, (laughs) I told Danny when I hit the big time and I got some money to blow. I said, I want a really nice black and tan or, or a red bone, like to run in the hunts, you know, but. So, so it's about as slow as you are. I get it. Hey man, I'm telling you, you I'm win, you win a big hunt with them. It's a big deal. <laughs> you know, what some of the funniest dogs I ever seen when we, I was down there in Louisiana hunting, hunting hogs. And, you know, I, I can't even tell you what those dogs were, but I know that they were you know they had these cast dogs out there and uh we were riding horse we were on horseback and they're they've got the cast dogs out and they'd start working a trail and what was trailing along with us was the catch dogs and what what they were i i don't know some kind of bulldog pit bull german shepherd rottweiler i don't know but they trailed along with us and it was interesting what was interesting so they those trail dogs go in and and they'd get in and get a pig bait up and we wouldn't be too far away and they'd be ban on that pig and those pit bulls or whatever they were they'd perk up when they could hear that because those dogs are going nuts and they'd perk up and they you could see them kind of trot out and you know, trying to get an idea where the sound was. And all of a sudden you'd see them disappear into the woods. And we were hunting these, you know, horse high pine trees. You know, we were just over the top of them on horse. And you'd see this dog just disappear into the woods and you'd be sitting there and you could hear all these, these dogs baying this pig. And all of a sudden that dog finally got there and caught it. And what was even funnier yet on top of that, is the horses were watching it too. You know, we're we're sitting there paying attention to it, and we're on horseback, and you get that horse to go. You'd give him a, a a nudge to the side to go, and if you weren't holding on, you were coming off because he was going straight to that hog, straight to that pit bull that had that hog caught. I mean, right through everything. Like he knew. He, he just plowed plow he knew exactly all of them and that wasn't just one horse it was all of them they just plowed right to that catch dog and yeah that was uh kudos to those hog hunters that take those pigs the way they do holy moses i I mean i I thought i was ranchy and yeah i wanted to go someday like that and i'm i'm gonna hit you and kyle up because i want to go kyle hunting like I would like to experience all of it because I've just done tree game. Like we started bear hunting and then, you know, fox and we'll yeah. try to chase cats. But there's like, a fella down in, would be fun. I, I don't know if he listens to this and I ain't going to name drop him, but there's a, so I bought a mule 
I think I told you I bought a mule. <laughs> I heard you bought a rodeo mule. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I didn't go eight seconds on him, but uh, <laughs> I bought that mule from that guy down in Colorado, New Mexico. And the way he hunts his dogs, oh, man, I love huh? to do that. Just dirt dog work, just living and, the life. And he does it, too. And, he, yeah, living the life. And, I mean, that. It would. I'd love to come out to where you are and hunt, just to experience all these different places to to do it. Because there are so many neat people out there with great groups of dogs and great groups of friends to to go out there and, and hunt with these guys. I, I don't want to learn your spots. I just want to hunt with you and see how it is. Right. You know, it's nothing about coming into your territory or doing anything like that. It's it's a camaraderie of it. It's a blast to hunt with people. To me, it is. I mean, I, it's a camaraderie, you know? Yeah, I can go out there and I can go catch coon or whatever with my dogs all I want, but, and, and sometimes, sometimes that's necessary. I mean, to go out and, you know, do it, do it by yourself, but to have sure. that camaraderie is, you look at it, most forms of hunting, there's camaraderie in it. Whether oh, yeah. it's a guided moose hunt in Alaska, those you know those guys, they're with their guide. You think that guy's not going to sit there and pump them up if they're not, you know, if if, if they're level headed guys? Yeah, they are. You know, so it's, it, I, it, it's it'd be enjoyable to hunt everywhere in the United States with these guys or just tag along. You know, yeah, I, I think it. They all do. They all do cool things, and they they all do it their way, and it. And, and to pick up new things from them, you know? Sure. You know, to experience these new things. I think well, that would be a fun time. Hear their stories. You know, exactly. they can tell you every, you know, those guys can go back and tell you where those dogs came from. You know, like yep. you think about, like, the Mathis Hounds, right? The Brave Book. Those were great dogs, but those guys can track those dogs back. I know Brett Vaughn, he had some you know, written pedigrees and things like that on some of those dogs. And, you know, there's a bunch of old letters that circulated around, but ask them, like, they're going to tell you why they hunt those dogs. Like you look at Warner Glenn, like any of those dry ground guys. I love listening to them talk about dogs. Uh, you know, I, uh, there's a big plot guy that comes up to North Dakota, Robert Longshore. And, he goes back i i I don't know how long robert goes back you know with that line of longshore plots or whatever and Mm -hmm. just listening to him talk about all these big name you know the guys that you know really brought brought up dogs you know like your your leopard and stuff like that all but the all the the owner's names he was talking about all the guys not the dogs and he was talking about knowing them and it was just not that he knew lipper but you know what i'm saying Right, you know, just sitting there listening to these, because we're we're losing that stuff too. You know, every day we're losing some of our history, and and I am a big history buff as far as that stuff goes, and yeah. and keeping up with some of that, and we we lose that every day. And you know, for these hound these houndsmen that'll listen to this, listen to us babble for fifty minutes when you're with <laughs> your grandpa or your old guys in your club or whatever. Ask them what, what some of the greatest advancements in hounds has been. Yeah. Ask them. You know, because that, that'll that be something that's lost. 
forever mm-hmm. with them. Sit down and have that conversation with them, how they got into, why they got into the line of dogs they did, whether it's paper or grade. Why, right. you know, There's a sit reason. down and have that conversation with that old generation. Learn some of your lineage, you know. That's been some of the best part of like going through all these old magazines, you know, seeing the old stud dog ads, Yep. you know, and going back and seeing all those dogs that it's funny. Cause we're in a time where there is a whole generation of hunters that unless they've tried to really do their research, they don't know. Cause it's so far back, but yet <laughs> something like that, you know, you can go back and you can see these dogs and you still see it continued on like the look the voices, it's pretty crazy to me. Oh, 100%. I was going to show you this. Okay. For those of you that can't see Cody because it's a podcast, <laughs> he just got his brave book because we're almost out of them. I was really I told him we got I like. Thought, I thought there was a lot more pictures in it. <laughs> and the words would have been bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Double space, you know, things to help something, but. It's pretty crazy. It's pristine, right? That's brand it's new. Never been open. Pristine. My daughter colored all over in it already. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm kidding you. Oh, it happens. My kids put a sticker on one, and I'm like, you know what? This was probably last year. I was thinking, if you would have done that five years ago, I would have been real mad because you would have ruined a $400 buck. But the fact that you can get them for 50 bucks right now, I'm like, eh, I'll, I'll deal with this sticker for a little while. <laughs> Sticker him thanks, up, buddy. <laughs> thanks for walking me into a plug. Here's my pay in the bills. If anybody is looking for the brave book on the Mathis hounds, we are pretty lit. I mean, we're getting down there and this oh, is yeah. the last of the last. I think buddy said, how we many had, got, like, uh, how many got, maybe I'll buy the rest of them out. And- there's not, I mean, not a lot. I think there's like three, we got three cases left of them. Oh, that was our last count. Like, I doubt we have any left by the time Christmas season's done. I mean, they're a great Christmas gift. They aren't $400. They're on sale for 50 <laughs> For all you guys out there wondering when the sales pitch came in, it only took it, 51 minutes to get there. But See, at least I didn't hit them with it right up front. Christmas, You led right me into it, man. Christmas is right around the corner. Come to W for uh, all your hound hunting needs. Yeah, and it, while you're there, check out our library. We've got a ton <laughs> of useful, fun-filled books. And all you... Uh, and a reminder out there, all you uh, English hunters, make sure you reach out to Jason Doobie. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a couple guys that I know, guarantee you, my phone's going to be ringing after this. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear this. Oh, that's you be- are better to be silent and thought a fool than speak and remove all doubt. And I guarantee you, I will say some of the wrong dog <laughs> names. <laughs> Dude, you were, you were talking about leopard curs <laughs> yeah right you got no scruples man yeah. no are they leopard curs or leopard Actually, hounds we want to really start here, making people mad here's a here's a that black mouth cur mm-hmm. you ever hear anything about them not talking down about them but i mean not a few guys have talked to there do you know any breeding on the black mouth cur I would say no. I've talked to, I got a few customers that I've talked dogs with a bit about them. I almost yep. bought one at a puppy auction because I just think they're cool dogs. Yep. But no, I'm not really. I, we don't have pig hunting here. No, but it'd be interesting to hear a little bit about them. 
We should so, get a blackmouth cur guy on. If anybody is listening, get a hold of me. Like, I think it would be good. All blackmouth cur guys out there, good, bad, or ugly. <laughs> Cody's all those things, so fit right yeah, in. Or they they bring me on here, so you guys are okay. Yeah, but yeah, um, I'm, I hope we pounded that across. So everybody stand up for everybody. Yeah. No, and that's what, reading your article, I was like, man, he's got it. You know, and I knew kind of, we've been friends long enough, I know your outlook, but it's really hard to get that point across because everybody gets so stinking defensive about one side or the other when it's like, don't take the receipt. Like, think of papers, it's like a sales receipt, right? (laughs) It's a lineage, it's a a tracking tool. All these registries are a private company, like, they're a business you're paying to keep these records and there's a real value in that and you had to work your butt off to do it bingo you know and now like x-reds being able to register like i think that's a huge thing and that's i know that was pretty controversial and i i'm not going to speak on that like i don't know i just think that we should make this a two-parter and go in that and really get, no. you know, see how much negative publicity this one gets and then really yeah. amplify it. See how it tanks. Oof, duh. <laughs> Oof, no, that you are from the stuff. Midwest. Yep, yep. Well, don't freeze, buddy. Yeah, she, shoot, we already saw negative eight up here last week. She was, she was colder than cold. That was uh, not ready for that yet, but. No, you get yeah. coons moving around when it's that cold. Still, no, not really. They kind of den up a little bit then, and no, but they're they're blubbery right now. Holy, <laughs> look like little potbelly pigs running around out there climbing trees. That's funny. So, they they little fat things, but that yeah. means they're slower, right? Yeah, yeah, slower and bigger, more bigger. buoyant. <laughs> yep. They, uh, yeah, our weather really did some goofy stuff, but hopefully we can get out and do some more coon hunting here before she freezes up hard again. Heck yeah. It went from negative eight to it's going to be 50 in two days. Oh, it's going to be a mess. Yes. Uh, it's just wonderful up here. Watch the interstate. <laughs> you bet. Just that was the drive. worst weather I've ever driven through. Well, okay. Two bad weathers. One of them company party at W like two years ago, that snow apocalypse in Portland, whatever, dude, the freezing rain, crazy. I've never experienced freezing rain because we don't have that down here. Really? It's either yeah. snow or it's rain. That is something I had never experienced and is crazy. No, the other one was coming home from that Heartland classic and I was driving by you somewhere on that interstate and then wind kicked up, and dude, that was the scaredest I've ever been when you're just four-wheel drifting across lanes. <laughs> I had a litter of puppies in the back I was delivering. So cold. I had to put them in the front seat of the pickup just like I didn't want them to freeze. It was <laughs> miserable, dude. <laughs> just wave when you guys drive by. It'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. No, I want to get out there when it's not like negative 50. Wind chill. It uh, it's a different winter out here. That's for sure. <laughs> well, we'll see how much people hate us after this. Maybe we'll do part two. <laughs> you bet. I'm all for it, man. Thanks for having me on. No, it was good catching up. It's yeah, it's fun. 
Well, have a good one, Jason. You too, man. Looking forward to every... Uh, I'm looking forward to part two on your article and maybe part two on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, hopefully it's not too bad. But yeah, I, I wouldn't mind making a two-part. So, Heck yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. You have a good one and be safe out there. All right.